1: Hi, I'm Stephanie Everett.
2: And I'm Zach Laser, And this is episode 372 of the Lawyer's Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, our lab coach, Sarah, is talking with lab member, Russell Farbiars, about the process of taking over his current law firm.
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists and Postali. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support, so stay tuned, because we're going to tell you more about them in a few minutes.
2: So, Stephanie, part of what I do at uh, lawyerist. Obviously I do legal tech advice and whatnot, but I also write a lot for our website and do a lot of maintenance on our website. And you know, sometimes I don't get as much love as the podcast gets. So I, I wanted to shamelessly, I guess, tell people that that I'm writing stuff over there. And you're actually you're writing a good deal of stuff over there. So we're just recently we started cranking out our news articles related to industry news and community news. And and I know you've been writing a a good deal there.
1: Yeah, it's been super fun. Those who are familiar with the site, remember back in the day, it was more of like a blog where there was just kind of new articles being published all the time. And then we sort of moved away from that. And I guess the message is we're back to it a little bit, not in this new format where we're writing news articles about things that are going on and, you know, in the industry, in our community, with the partners that we work with and so it's been a lot of fun to write those and and so the good news is you can go to the site and on the bottom of the homepage you'll see the latest news articles. You can scroll through there and there's going to every time you go to the site now there's going to be something new.
2: So one of the things I I like about this that's not specifically on the news articles is for the last month or two months we've been creating a process out of this. We've been having to work this into our system. And it has been interesting doing that, you know, from from whole cloth, from nothing. We have a lot of processes at lawyers that we that we tweak, but this was a new process. And it was it was fun, quite frankly, to kind of come in and say, okay, everybody meet and figure out how to how to make this system work because we don't just have one person writing these things. We have, you know, most of the people at our company are are contributing to to this in at least some way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a good reminder for anyone listening that you can restart or start things again. Like it, you know, a quarter ago, this felt like a big lift that we wanted to be pumping out constant, you know, content on the site. Mm -hmm. We were a little slow and methodical with it. We really thought through how do we need this to look? What will the process look like? And how can we create it in a way where our team can batch their work? Anyone who's listened to us talk about project management stuff before knows. Were big components of time blocking and doing your work in a way that makes sense. So you're not just skipping around from project to project. So I think we were really thoughtful in how we set up this system to really allow people work in this way, in a way that we know works best. And then we've been tweaking it quite, I mean, we've already started tweaking it. We've already learned mm-hmm. so much just in the first couple of weeks of doing it.
2: Right. But you got, you know, we got a good deal of buy-in from everybody and and methodically went through this and started this. So, well, now here is Sarah's conversation with Russell. Hey,
3: everyone. Uh, my name is Russell Farbiars. I am a state planning and elder law attorney uh, based uh, primarily in Berks County, uh, Pennsylvania. And so for those of us, those of you not familiar, that's sort of if you've heard of the Reading Railroad, um, that's the area that, that we're in, uh, probably an hour from Hershey Park, maybe an hour and a half from Philadelphia. I've been in the uh, lab community. Let's see. I think I joined Lab in August of 2020, uh, but I've sort of been in the lawyerist orbit for probably a little bit long longer than that. So that that that's me.
0: <laughs> well, it's so good to have you on the podcast, Russell. We're really excited for our community to get to know you. I know that you're one of our longtime Labsters, and so we want to hear you know about all the great things that you have going on now and what you're excited about for the future. Before we do that, we love a good inspirational story. So take us back to the beginning of when you started your firm before you found lawyerist and sort of you know how you started out in business and where you were at the time and sort of how things progressed.
3: You know, Sarah, I'm sort of surprised to hear you call refer to me as a longtime labster because I don't feel like I've been in lab that long, but I and that there are there are lots of people in lab who've been around for a while and I've and been learning from them. But I guess I guess that, that I have been there for a bit of time. Where I got started, I was sort of fortunate because I didn't actually start a law firm uh, from scratch. I graduated from law school and I did what we're all told in law school, made law review, got a job as, as a law clerk. And I clerked, in um, bennington vermont so southwest vermont about an hour from albany new york and i really clerked because i thought i was supposed to clerk and I, and I wish i had known then what i know now which is that clerking just for the sake of clerking is not necessarily that beneficial uh and so i in after that position i i moved to pennsylvania with my at the time fiance now wife and her father actually owned. Owned a practice, but I didn't. I didn't go into into business business with him immediately. What What happened is, I got a job working for the, the district attorney, and so I was uh, working as a prosecutor, uh, which was really great experience learning how to walk and chew gum at the same time in the courtroom, which is helpful. And I, I'll I'll never forget. I, I'm I was in court one day, and my my father in law's partner came came in for a case. And I'm talking to him. I don't I didn't know him particularly well, but I was talking to him and he said, How would you like to come up, come up to Hamburg, which is where where their office was and, and take over for me? And I thought he was joking because he's a big jokester,
1: mm-hmm. but he
3: wasn't joking. He had decided he wanted to retire. And, you know, one of the easiest ways for him to retire would be to find someone to to take his place. And so, you know, fast forward maybe six, eight months after that. I left the DA's office and I started working initially with my father-in-law and his partner for a couple of months. Then then the partner did retire, moved to Florida. And it was my father-in-law and I for a couple of years. My wife did end up joining the practice in 2012. So I joined the practice in the fall of 2009. My wife joined in 2012. And then my father-in-law left. In mid 2014, uh, he was appointed um, and confirmed to be a, a judge on the on the state trial court to fill out an, an unexpired term, and then he retired from practice.
0: Okay, so you're thrown into this, you know, existing law practice. Take us back to where you were mentally at the time. Like at that point, what did you envision the firm becoming?
3: at that point, I was just trying to figure out what I was doing. (laughs) I can't even Mm -hmm. say, I can't say that I had a vision at that point Mm -hmm. because I didn't. And my father-in-law was many things, but a visionary, you know, with regard to the practice really wasn't it. It was, or maybe he, maybe he did have a vision, but it wasn't something we, we talked about all the time. And I really was trying to understand what it meant, not only to be a lawyer, a fairly new lawyer, I was. I had to learn how to practice areas that I didn't have any experience in. Because really, the two experiences I'd had before that were clerking, which is research and writing, and criminal law. Which, by the way, when I went to law school, I said I was never going to do criminal law, but there we there we were. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it was a practice that was primarily real estate, estate planning, estate administration, and I didn't know anything about any of those things. So I really, in the beginning was really just trying to learn how to be an effect, an effective attorney. Yeah. And then also thinking about this is a business that needs to be run. And I don't know anything about that either.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's not uncommon. The people that we, we talk to and the people that come and find us here at lawyers and listen to the podcast I'm sure that they can relate to that feeling of like, well, I was, I, you know, I'm just trying to be a good lawyer. And the, the idea of having a thriving business is sort of an afterthought, but if you want to be a good lawyer that actually helps people, you know, you have to focus on the business aspect too. So at what point did you realize that?
3: I think that I, I always sort of thought in my mind, okay, this is a business it needs to be run like a business. As we evolved from like 2009 into, you know, 2014, it was starting to become clearer that I was running the business more so than my father-in-law because he was he was you know phasing out. So I was sort of taking care of a lot more of the the day-to-day and like you know the the firm management, you know, things that needed to be done, you know, from on the business side. But really, when he when he left, all of a sudden it was okay. This now isn't his thing anymore it's it was my my wife's thing and my thing and you know trying to think about what that meant and but but it still took i think a couple more years before i really started to think very critically about running things more like a business rather than you know just a practice yeah i think lawyers really fall into this trap of, well, I'm a lawyer, I'm a professional. So I don't, I don't need to run a business. It's a practice. I'm immune from all of the, all of those stresses. And it's just not true. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I I started to really, to realize that there needed to be more intentionality, but I didn't really know what to do or how to get started.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So now that it was just you and your wife at that point, how did you Divvy up running the business between you.
3: So it was my wife and I. However, she was only working three days a week because we had small children. So she was. It was a blessing because she was able to be home two days, have our kids in in uh, daycare preschool two days, so or three days rather. So so there was there was a balance and when she joined the firm in 2012, we had one child. Well, now we have three. So we went through two maternity leaves in the process, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I think that a lot of it came down to me. We did talk about a lot of stuff, a lot of it while we were brushing our teeth in the morning, as we were getting ready to get the kids to school.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, that was when we had firm meetings as, as we called it, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think a majority of it fell to me just by the fact that she didn't have the hours in the day.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. And I think that that's really relatable. So you have all this pressure on you. It's like no pressure, right? None at all. Yeah, right. So at that point, what were you struggling with the most?
3: At that point, it was just trying to get all the work done. And I don't even know that there was any any one thing. You know, we were blessed in the sense that longstanding practice, we had a following that existed for a long time so i wouldn't say it was you know getting clients in the door but maybe it was getting the right kind of clients in the door in the door mm-hmm. you know and really earning the respect of not only the legal legal community but the community at large to get those other those other clients in the door and really making sure we have the right financial controls in place and really, the reason that I joined Lawyerist, you know, sort of fast forwarding is because we had no process or procedure for anything. And it mm-hmm. was so everything was, it was like the first year every year, because mm-hmm. there was no, this is how we do things document, there was no firm, you know, info base, the institutional memory was sort of in certain long term employees, you know, it was not recorded anywhere, it was there was there was no training, there was, it was very catch as catch can.
0: Yeah. And it sort of forced you to reinvent a new system every time. And it certainly wasn't a it, it wasn't set up for you to to grow and to scale had you started to bring more people on your team, because, you know, you knew how things would get done and you kind of got into a rhythm with it. But it it sounds like, you know, at that point, it wasn't ever documented and it wasn't transferable had you had started growing. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And then when we come back, we want to hear all about how you started to change things.
2: The Lawyer's Podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists. As an attorney, do you ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call while you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting, or schedule an appointment with a client while you're elbow deep in an important case? Well, that's where Posh comes in. Posh is a team of professional, U.S.-based live virtual receptionists who are available 24-7, 365. They answer and transfer your calls, so you never miss an opportunity. With Posh handling your calls, you can devote more time to billable hours and building your law firm. And the convenient Posh app puts you in total control of when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is always just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Even better, Posh is extending a special offer to Lawyerist listeners. Visit posh.com forward slash Lawyerist to learn more and start your free trial of Posh Live Virtual Receptionist services. That's posh.com forward slash Lawyerist. And from LawPay, the gold standard in payments for the legal industry. For more than 15 years, our partners at LawPay have been helping lawyers get paid faster. In fact, 62% of bills sent via LawPay are paid the same day. To learn how you can enjoy faster and more reliable payments, schedule your demo at lawpay.com forward slash lawyerist. And from postali finding a marketing partner for your firm can be challenging. Are you getting sound advice? Is your marketing agency always working in your best interest? You shouldn't have to worry about these things. At Postale, they believe marketing companies should adopt the same duty to their clients that is required of the legal profession. For this reason, they require that all team members sign a fiduciary oath to act in good faith and put clients' best interests ahead of their own. They serve us with care, candor, and loyalty. Postali is a full service digital marketing agency exclusively for lawyers. To learn more about how they're different, visit postali.com forward slash lawyerist.
0: And we're back. So now, at what point did you find us here at Lawyerist and how did that all come to be?
3: Or just to go back to your last question though for, for a moment when I was looking for for law, something like lawyers I didn't necessarily know that it existed I really felt like i I was sort of at the center of, of everything in our, in our business you know everything had to be had to come back to me before anyone could move to the next step and that then that became very frustrating and it wasn't a good a good use of my time uh, I mean we were the sort of firm and there's nothing wrong with this that I would meet with the client I would dictate what I needed in, on a dictaphone and it would go to the secretary. They type it, they prepare it. That's how they would get their instructions. And while that can work, it's it's not particularly scalable. You know, it, it relies on my time too much. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of floating around in my mind. We were opening up a satellite office and I started thinking is at that point, you know, everything was, was based on our on, on-premises server. And I was thinking... We really need to upgrade our, our practice management system. And literally every time I searched for a practice management system, lawyers would come up and, and
0: you're like, who are these people? Who are
3: these people? So, you know, three or four times. So then I finally, I was like, well, I was reading the, the reviews of all of the practice management systems, but then I was like, who are, who are these people? And I started listening to the podcast and, and, you know, really paying attention and, I remember at one point I was feeling really frustrated and, you know, at the end of the podcast, you know, they say, if you go to, if you go to this site, you can schedule like a 15 minute call with Stephanie. And I remember I got on the phone with Stephanie the first time and, and I felt like I was talking to a celebrity because I had heard her voice so many times <laughs> on the podcast.
0: That, she gets that a
3: well, lot. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh my God, you're a real person. Yeah. And I brought this up to her a couple of times because I remember talking to her about lab at the time. This was probably, I want to say, 2018 or so. And I remember she told me, you know, what lab cost, and I said, "Well, Stephanie, I would never pay that much. It's just, you know, what, how could you? How could anyone pay that?" And she was like, "Okay." And then, and then you know,
0: <laughs> we're done here.
3: <laughs> knowing knowing that I that I was you know just in the wrong place or or that I just wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. But she did at that point. She did tell me that, about the accelerator program that was going to be coming out. I think that was in that came out in 2019 and I did participate in that program or maybe I talked to her in 2019 because that program I think was in early 2020 and I remember it was a good program and I remember not honestly I didn't take the work as serious as, as it needed to be taken and then and then we had we had a pandemic you know right as we I was in the first session that was sort of ending around March of 2020 and you know that was that, that was when um LabCon was very quickly switched to, you know, from being in person to being, to being virtual for the first time. And I attended, you know, part of that and that's sort of what got me thinking about lab uh, and about, you Mm -hmm. know, there, there is this whole community here of people who think like me and are trying to do what I'm trying to do and improve their, their businesses and not just look at these, their practice as a practice and looking at it as a business. And I did end up joining Lab in, I believe, August or September of 2020. And I did say to, say to Stephanie, well, I guess I was wrong because it is worth it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, what a testimonial. So how else has your thinking changed as far as how you do business now versus how you did business pre-lawyerist?
3: The of is, you know, how I did business pre-pandemic and you know, mid or post-pandemic, depending on your opinion of where we are.
0: It's all yeah. a blur, yeah. <laughs> but
3: I never would have imagined before I was in Lawyerist that I could actually work from home, you know, three or four days a week, that I could meet with clients on on Zoom or on the phone, that I could develop practices and procedures, that I could have employees who didn't necessarily live within 30 miles of my office. You know, I have, I have remote staff I have someone who is in Nebraska, someone who's in the Philippines, and then I'm you know, looking to fill another position right now and got a resume from someone who's living in South Korea. And, you know, just realizing the world isn't really as big as it seems, that we have the ability to, to really find talent, find the best talent, and it doesn't have to be someone who lives you know, within 15 minutes from the office. And I've also thought more in the last year and a half about client experience that I have in my entire career, trying to to really create an experience that makes my clients want to come back and want to tell people about about our firm.
0: Yeah, that's huge. When you started hiring, how did you know what the right first hires were. In other words, like what, what were some of the first things that you took off your plate? Because I know that's a huge question for a lot of people who come to us. It's like, I know I need help and I'm so overwhelmed, but it's just, it's so hard to, you know, give up certain tasks to that first hire. What was that process like for you?
3: So I've always had staff. When I joined the firm, we we had two two assistants. We then expanded out to three, to three people. But what I have found from my perspective is really thinking about not just trying to create the same position three, four, five, six times, but trying to find someone who could fill a certain role. And I've spent a lot of time talking with Mary Ellen about, you know, what the right skill sets are and and, and trying to to really fill holes, not holes, but, you know, seats Mm -hmm. and spent a lot of time thinking through my accountability chart and, you know, trying to identify, you know, we could use help for this, right? Now, this particular thing. And, and that's been, help, been helpful, you know, because, you know, as you grow, you think, well, I have a legal assistant and they do, you know, these 15 things. Well, I just need another person who can do the same 15 things. You almost want to create specialists within your firm. So that's what I've I transitioned to. Like I have one person who he's pretty much our intake specialist. He's the person who he's our receptionist. He answers the phone. He does a little intake with a client, with a potential client. I have another who really, she focuses on on real estate and I have an estate administration paralegal. All she does are estates. And, and I found that it's, it's far more efficient uh, to do it that way. But if I was looking at what's the first thing to get off my plate, bookkeeping. Hmm. If you're not outsourcing bookkeeping, you need to outsource bookkeeping.
0: That's really good advice. Yeah, that's huge. So what are you excited about? What's next for you?
3: Oh, well, one of the things I'm excited about is trying to find someone to to help with our estate practice. We really need like an, an accounting type person. And so that, that's what I'm, I'm interviewing for. Um, right now, but long-term plan, like I'm really looking forward to trying to create some different offerings for, for our estate planning practice. I want to create essentially like two tracks almost like one, one, which is, you know, the more, you know, hand, hands-on, you know, more attorney intensive plan or track, and then a track that's, that's a little bit more DIY where you can, you know, get thing, a lot of the stuff, a lot of, a lot started on the website do a lot of it yourself, it's, you know, a lower cost option. And there would still be, you know, consultation with, with the attorney, but not, not as in depth as, you know, if you're if you're in that higher tier. I think it'd be really, really neat to be able to differentiate clients because I think that we have lots of people who, you know, they don't want to pay, you know, the, high, the higher dollar amounts and maybe they're willing to do some of the work, the initial work for themselves, but we can still help those people because one of our, our values is, is access to justice, making sure that people have the ability to have an estate plan because we we feel it's so important.
0: Yeah, and that's you demonstrating being client centered, and we love that. So that's so exciting. If you had to sort of encapsulate in one sentence how your law firm is different now versus where it was when you first took over, what are like two or three of the biggest differences?
3: You're asking a lawyer to, to only answer you in one sentence. You haven't been around lawyers long <laughs> enough to know that. That's just we we like to hear ourselves talk.
0: Uh, <laughs> we can keep going.
3: Um, but what's different is that we're innovative.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't feel constrained by by anything really anymore. At this point, it's I have this problem. There are so many different ways to solve it, and you know, you know, staffing. I don't have to. I'm, I'm not constrained by my local market. I'm not constrained by. By geographical location, there's no reason I can't work with a cl- with a client on estate planning who lives on the other side of the state, because we have the means to do that now. In a lot of ways, it's more exciting because when I get up in the morning to go to work, it's not just about okay, who, whose will am I writing today? It's how am I going to make this better? How am I going to make this me, mine? You know, and it it's exciting. It's also terrifying at times, but it's <laughs> it's mostly exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, that's so inspiring. I mean, like you said, there are some blessings that have come out of the pandemic, just the the ease of connecting with people from far away and, and hiring people from all over. And just, it really opens up so much opportunity and possibility and, you know, possibility really is limitless. And you're someone who has demonstrated that. So for that person listening, who they know they need to make changes in their business, they know that they need to create better systems and processes. Maybe they need to hire. They just need to rethink how they're doing things, but maybe they're just unsure where to start. Maybe they don't know whether now's the right time to focus on their business rather than just focusing on the lawyering aspect. What's something encouraging that you could say to that person?
3: That's a phone call, set up a call, send an email, get started now. You're You're never more ready than you are right now. This is something I, I say when I when I do estate planning uh, webinars with potential clients. Is is you is now is the right time because you're 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 never going to be more healthy or more prepared to create your plan than you are right now. Well, right. the same applies here. You're not going to regret getting started, and you don't you don't have to jump jump all in. I mean, there's lots of stuff on the insiders group that is really helpful. It doesn't cost anything. There's tons of stuff on you know because on the website. Cause that's what, that's how I got started. I was, I was in insiders when it was a paid community. It was, I think it was like a hundred dollars for the year, but it was a lot of value. I mean, the, the, the budget I do for my firm every year is the lawyer's form that I got four or five years ago from the insiders group. Just get started because Rome wasn't built in a day. Your firm's not going to be built in a day. It takes, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, but it doesn't start until you, until you
0: start. Amen to that. Yeah, that's great advice. Just start. You're never going to be as young and healthy and ready as you are today. It's so true. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for taking the time to come on the Lawyers Podcast and share your story. Thank you for what you do to make the world a better place. We're so excited to see what you do next. Anything else you'd like to share with us that's next for you that we can kind of be on the lookout for?
3: Other than you know, I, I want to start working on that two-track system I just talked about. But
0: yeah, that's so exciting. right. Right
3: now, no, nothing, nothing else at, at the moment. But I really appreciate the t- the opportunity to be here
0: today with you. The Lawyerist podcast is edited by Brittany Felix. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the small firm roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at Lawyerist.com forward slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to Lawyerist.com forward slash community forward slash lab to schedule a 10-minute call with our team to learn more. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you. you.